Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author and decorated combat veteran Jason Pike. He is a decorated veteran with multi-deployments, sharing an inspiring memoir and through storytelling and speaking events, how he survived 31 years in the service of Sacred Secrets. A genuine and frank account, the good, the very bad, and the ugly, of all of those years in uniform, starting from the bottom as a private and working his way through the ranks, and all of that in between. He actually cheated death. We talk about this and so much more. Enjoy the interview. Hi, good morning, Jason. It's Joe Domino. Hey, Joe, thank you for calling. I'm ready for it. Okay, cool. Well, hey, man, it's great to meet you. And before we get into your very interesting life, I want to know, over the last three years, all of us have lived through this pandemic. It's done very specific things to all of us. So I'm curious how you survived that time period now that the world's waking up and how it's changed the way that you live your life and conduct business now. So what I did was I was bored because of everything shut down. And everybody was making money from home. And I thought, well, I want to work from home too, make some of that COVID money. And so I put in about 137 applications into the Centers for Disease Control at Atlanta, Georgia. And I got me a job working from home. I don't know. I worked there for about two and a half years. So that's kind of how I survived COVID. I just sort of got deployed into COVID and did a few operations. And then then I eventually got my book going and produced my book. Wow, so it was actually, it sounds like it was a, there were silver linings to it. There was a silver lining to COVID. Uh, the silver lining was I got a job, <laughs> and I, you know, a federal job, and um, uh, but I just took the first, uh, you know, beggars are not cheesy, so I just took the first one. I didn't know anybody. I just threw a bunch of blind applications out there and just took whatever I could get uh, because there was a ton of jobs for uh working for uh, the Centers for Disease Control. And uh, I thought, well, that might be a good fit because I did work in uh, uh, the Army Medical Department, kind of was familiar with the terminology and things. So let's hop into the present now. I know you're a, you're a decorated uh, combat veteran and you're an author, but let's get an exact handle on what you do. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day, and one of them looks up at you and asks, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Well, I'm in the military. I'm in the Army. And what we do is we go and deploy uh, in the defense of our country as soldiers. So we're a soldier. We're a uniformed military uh, officer. I was uh, both at the bottom level and at the top level. I worked myself through the organization and have a lot of stories of over 31 years, 31 years in uniform. Oh, I can only imagine. So let's go back to the very beginnings here. When you were in the third grade, if someone asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up, how would you answer them? Well, when I, went, when I was in the third grade, I, I failed the first grade, so I wasn't that great of a student. So uh, I wasn't really good at reading and writing. And in the third grade, I probably wanted to do something with animals. I love dogs and animals and nature, and uh, I could identify with uh, fishes that swim in the ocean and fishes that swim in the ponds and, you know, how the li- struggle of life occurred with animals. So I kind of wanted to work in the animal world. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how some of these seeds got into you to get into the military, where you were born and raised, and how how those seeds sprouted into who you are today. Well, I'm from an area uh, in rural South Carolina. I grew up in rural areas of Georgia and South Carolina. So in our area where we live at, you know, the military is considered an option for all young men and women. And specifically, if you don't have uh, 
great education like I did. It was sort of an option, maybe the only option. And so I always enjoyed those uh, action adventure movies that we watch with people shooting and guns. And, and of course, they're living outside and dealing with all the elements. And so that sort of attracted me. I remember oh, there was a big show that came out when I was a teenager called Rambo. And Rambo was a big, strong guy who had to fight everything. And I, as a teenager, I sort of identified with the Rambo guy character. Uh, so um, that's kind of where my seed started. And we used to play. We would play outside all the time, play, you know, cowboys and Indians, and we'd play Army and things of that nature. And uh, we had guns. My, my dad, even as a young man, my dad, you know, we had a 410 shotgun, a 20-gauge shotgun, and a 22 rifle. And he taught us to shoot, you know, shoot outside uh, when I was a kid. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about, in your life, obviously, you're highly motivated. Who's been a hero or a role model for you in your life? My daddy. I dedicate the book to my father. Um, when he died, I started to think seriously about uh, putting a story or a book together. And it sort of a book. It was, a, for the most part, it was a nagging feeling, just like I need to I've got these stories, and i got to get them out there for folks. And uh, so I didn't understand the influence of my father until after he passed away. And after he passed away, I started slowly putting pen to paper, and then maybe I took very seriously of getting a book together about three years ago and hired somebody to help me. Uh, they call them ghostwriters. A ghostwriter is someone that... Uh, basically puts your story together because if you're in the story and you've got all the stories, it's very emotional. And it's, even if I was a good writer, it'd still be better. It's best to have help when you put these things together. So what was that feeling when you finally saw all of the stories and everything put together in this book that you dreamed about putting out? How did that feel? Uh, it put me into the hospital. I got stressed out, lots of flashbacks, lots of bad memories, good memories, crazy memories, just like a life, just like the ups and downs of a life. You see it there on paper. I started having all these memories, flashbacks, and dreams. Uh, put me into the hospital. I developed blood clots that went into the lungs and the legs. And I was supposed to die in February of 2021, according to the experts. Um, the ice, I went into the ICU. We, we did talk about end of life things that we do, uh, obituaries and where we're going to die, where we're going to be buried at and things. But, um, my body reacted very well to the hospital medicines, like the, the blood thinners and, uh, I had pneumonia as well and the, the antibiotics for the pneumonia. So it started, my body started healing and eventually <laughs> to the surprise of the doctors and everyone else, I came out, and I was able to see my product come to life. Uh, it's not just the written book, but it's also the audio book, my voice. that's coming from the horse's mouth, as well as my own writing. Yes, and my style of talking, just like I'm talking now, is how the uh, book is developed. So did you ever have any doubt when you were in that position that you were going to leave this life, or were you like, no, this, didn't, this is not the time? When I was in the ICU, so I came... I studied a lot of medical uh, things, and so I knew that blood clots in your lungs and legs were very bad, and I knew pneumonia is bad. Either one of them, and you have them all together like that, <laughs> that's a very bad situation. So I, I, the, the, the experts, I mean, 
a doctor privately told me uh, outside the boundaries of what they're supposed to tell me, and he was off duty, of course. He says, you know that you're going to die, and it's not going to be a good death if you want to be if you want to stay on a life support system. And I said, I understand, and I I, I really I was really happy with his candor, and so at the time. There was COVID going on, and you could only have one visitor in the hospital. So I told my wife, and she said, I told her, we talked about the end-of-life things, and uh, that this was pretty much going to be it. We just thought that. I mean, because the doctors were very, very concerned. Um, I was on oxygen. I'm off of it now. But, no, I, I, I thought the uh, doctors were sort of going to be correct, and I even told my writer, I says. Apparently, I'm going to die, and I want you to uh, take on this book. Just tell me, promise me you'll write this book uh, after I die. You've, not, you've got all the information, and um, he said he would, but my, he wanted to keep my spirits up. But um, I was prepared. I was prepared to go. So what are you doing differently now? I always hear that when people have that second chance, so to speak, or they come back from the brink, they start saying, yes, more, there's things that change. What's changed for you? Oh, making sure this book gets published <laughs> and the story gets out there and uh, doing the podcasts um, and, um, again, just living life to the maximum uh, as I can. And uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm working now on an expression. If you were to have talked to me a year, and a, year, a year ago today, you would not hear me expression like I am right now. I have worked on this for more than a year because I have done the audio book as well. So last year, I talked more than I've talked in my entire life just because I kept practicing into a recorder and a, an audio book. To to, and so now I'm just doing the expression of these podcasts to get the word out there. And that's what I'm working on. Um, I'd like to... Uh, well, I, I don't know. In the future, maybe another book, maybe... Oh, maybe uh, just more podcasts and um, maybe a song that would be developed with the book, uh, a country song. And I'm, we're, I've got a website where somebody can help me with that. But uh, that's kind of what's in my plans in the future. Good deal. So let me ask you this. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Wow. I would – man, that's a that's a tough one. Um <laughs> Oh, I, I wouldn't mind uh, Audie Murphy. He was the most decorated combat soldier uh, ever, and uh, he went around touring and telling about his stories and his life when he was young. And he was the, and he just, you know, he came from a rural background like me, and uh, he came back home, and they put him on tours. And uh, I think he would be a good uh, person to speak with and hear some of his stories. And stories were. I didn't understand school instruction. I understood stories, and that's what the book is—a story. And everybody has a, everybody has a story, but not too many people want to put it out there. And um, but that's kind of that's what uh, that's who Audie Murphy would be the one I'd probably talk to. So, especially now with this new breath of life that you have, the book and and promoting it, what is it every day when you wake up and look at your day and what you want to do? What is it that really ultimately motivates you and pulls you through a day? Well, first of all, first thing I want to do is get a cup of coffee and work out and go to the gym. Usually, my routine would be walking or doing an elliptical, um, I re and that's what gets keeps me strong, I guess. I, to, to know that I have worked out, that, may, that means I've gotten a lot for the day done, and 
I also physically, um, to work with my post-traumatic stress syndrome, I go to the sauna and I go to, I have an ice, I have a, um, gym that has a sauna and all, and, and they have also a room where you can sit into ice, an ice tank, an ice bath. And those things make me feel very good and very energized. And so, uh, those are the things I do and that's what gets me uh, going, uh, for the most part. But see, at an early age, um, when I was 17 years old, I almost, I've almost been kicked out of the army about three different times. But, uh, the first time I got kicked out is what really sort of changed me a bit. It's kind of like one of those scared street programs that uh, I was one of the worst privates. Uh, I didn't even have a high school diploma in the South Carolina National Guard. I, we went in and I uh, failed a first. And then um, that really got me motivated to be all I can be, I guess, is what the motto, motto they call it. And uh, I've kind of like just lived up to that for most part, uh, most of the time. And uh, for, for most days, I have that, I have a high energy because, uh, you know, my, I've always eaten pretty healthy and, um, I've also worked out. Of all of the things that you've done and accomplished in your life, what are you the proudest of? Well, getting a college degree, uh, getting college degree, I surprised everyone. That's where I really thought the story line would be. I have a, I have an entire chapter on where there's a wheel. There's an A, is in the letter grade A, and uh, so getting a college degree was something that the experts, again, they said that I probably could not do it, and they had logic behind their thoughts, meaning that my SAT scores are going to be worse than most of your viewers out there, I can guarantee you that, and my, uh, now, now I, 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 didn't, I didn't graduate from the, you know, a Northeast uh, type of, I graduated from, uh, you know, a lower level <laughs> school system, uh, and um, and I, I didn't know that until later on, and uh, I did eventually go into, everything came from the bottom. I started at the bottom not only as a 17-year-old private, which is the lowest uh, level rank in the military, but also as an education. I had to go to a community college where they would take just about anybody and work myself up, and eventually got a bachelor's and a master's. I got, I got two master's degrees, and... Uh, so I'm pretty happy with how I methodically, but slowly, got my college education. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You bump into the 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained through your life up to this point. What would you tell that young version? There's going to be ups, and there's going to be downs. Uh, that's just part of life. And uh, when you get down, just understand it's going to be there for a little while, not a long time, unless you want to make it a long time. And so you just get back up and going. And as long as you're trying, as long as you keep on trying, someone's going to recognize it. Now, I was a adult when I got when I got my federal job. I put in 137 applications. I got and I got two offers, and I was already <laughs> I had two master's degrees and a whole successful full of life, but. A lot of people thought, well, you're putting all these applications into the government and none of them are getting read or they're failing or they're not even making it. And does that make you feel bad? And I said, no, I said, that's just part of, that's just part of the game. That's just part of life. And, uh, and you just keep on trying, keep on going and eventually you'll get better. Uh, so things do get better. For sure. So everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, the readers, um, colleagues, but everyone, you're the only one that's in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I am a survivor. Uh, that would be the term, a survivor 
of multiple <laughs> events in life, and uh, that's where the story, this uh, persistence, I'm very persistent. And if I, like, for example, if you said, hey, we can't do this today, and then you, let's just say you said, we can't do this show today, and you said, well, let's, let's, let's do this show another, another day, another day, and let's say you put me off three, four, five times, I just say, hey, come on, Joe, let's, uh, how about now? How about now? And uh, you do that, and you don't get disappointed with all the changes that occur, which are going to be best part of life. So yeah, I would just be a survivor and a persistent uh, individual, I would say. Excellent. Hey, man, if anybody wants to pick up your book or learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where's the best place for people to go? Go to Amazon. Amazon. A Soldier Against All Odds. You've got it on many different, uh, got it on Kindle. You've got it on soft copy. You've got it on Audible. It's on Audible, too. Audiobook and hardcover. So there's many different formats out there. Uh, my website is jasonpike.org. jasonpike.org. And you can just type A Soldier Against All Odds in the Google browser, whatever. You're going to find it and you'll find the audio. Uh, so, that's where, and it's all going to veterans, and so I'm a, I'm a philanthropist as well. I do give money to the vets and other causes, so uh, keep that in mind as well. Wonderful, man. Jason, it sounds like you've lived like nine, ten lifetimes already. It's, it's a great story, man. Yes, yes, and <laughs> thank you very much. Sounds good, Joe. You have a good one. Take care. Thank you, sir. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find famous interviews with Joe Domino on YouTube. You can also get us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.